0: Ciao you Tendef, Tendef,
1: Ciao juventini, welcome back to the all UV Cast channel, of course, where it's all UV all the time. We're coming off the uh, oh, bad defeat there. That was 2-0 to uh Milan. Wow. And uh, oh, yeah. tempers are uh, billing over here, and I could see it in the chat already. I got Wizard. Anthony, I got Omar. We're mm-hmm. gonna tackle it, we're gonna tackle uh, basically all the fans' feelings. Because, I mean, my god, I got locked into some uh, long discussions just even on Twitter about mm-hmm. how. <laughs> juventini are feeling and whatnot and i seem to feel a certain way and there was many that disagreed with me but we're going to get into it and see how everybody's doing in the live chat we'll kick off just saying what's up to everybody um jeremiah coming in here saying hey guys i don't believe for a second this team is not good enough to compete no Mm -hmm. solutions from max seesaw season 13 points from nine games scudetto 95 percent gone drastic measures needed okay so he's weighing in immediately we have bikram here saying i disagree number one responsible for this is top management they've screwed up real good second one responsible is players how can these players can't make a simple pass wow oh, okay, great. so points. see uh some differences already there okay um so we will see and then you have a uh, good old bobby coming in here saying buongiorno buongiorno bobby okay thanks for coming in here we got sal buongiorno tutti um, and then uh, Sal adding, if that's all our players are capable of, sell them off, build a seventh place team for a seventh place budget, and balance the books. Wow! All right, all right. Well.
0: And then you have the other side of the spectrum when Dell just fires this baby out. Yeah, Skidetto's gone. Yeah, Champions League, we're done next. Wait, you want? Yes. And that's that's the spectrum you're talking about. We got people who are on one side, people way on the other side, and a whole bunch of us sort of in, in the middle. But hey, I tell that's you what. Care. After
1: uh, you know the international break and hoping that things can change, mm-hmm. we were all cautiously, cautiously optimistic, and I think we're being prove, uh, proven to be right in acting. You know, cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. after that because there's a big, big turnaround that was needed, and uh, we're gonna talk about Milan and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ant, Omar here, Omar obviously was at the uh, Maccabi match. Uh, okay, over there. And uh, we just want to get Omer's thoughts on that. You know, everybody talks about the atmosphere and whatnot. And we just want to hear a bit about uh, the experience, Omer. And, uh, yeah, tell us about uh, it and how it was. And, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. I enjoyed the Turin quite a bit. I had one day there and I just traveled from the morning till the evening when I went to the stadium. I came from Milan. I was present at the Inter-Barca match before that, so I got to see the San Siro. Fully packed, massive, beautiful, but walking into the Allianz Stadium was just different. Uh, I sort of popped my stadium cherry. It's my first time there, so... (laughs) So, I... It was different for me. If I was a neutral fan, then I would have said, yeah, the zero because of the atmosphere and the full crowd. But as a Juve fan walking in the first time, magnificent. Um, besides that, Maccabi Haifa supporters put on quite a hell of a show. Even earlier, they filled the streets with people. So we kind of got the, you know all our juices pumping before the match and just walking the streets of Turin. Had a really nice cab ride with a Juventus fan driver who basically bitched in Italian about Allegri the entire <laughs> ride over there. And I understood a few keywords, so I know he wasn't praising him. <laughs> and and besides that, it was phenomenal. Got to see a win, which is pretty rare nowadays. So lucky for me, unlike Joe, who experienced a draw or a loss. Uh, these days it's a bit. So we got to see a new, a nice Champions League win. Uh, the stadium is amazing. The around it, like just walking in there, seeing it from the, you know, from the highway, then walking in the UB store, the museum, and uh, just everything around it was quite, quite an experience for the first yeah. time. Uh, I have to say because uh, I come from the same country of Maccabi, so there were a lot of tourists on my plane. So I. I had a lot of travel issues and I had to fly to Austria and then Frankfurt and blah, blah, blah. So a good suggestion is landing in Turin and avoiding that uh, ride from Milan. And don't go to the official Juve store in the streets. Wait for the one in the stadium. Yeah. That's my,
0: hmm.
2: my main tip for everyone traveling there. The store in the streets is you know, pretty small and doesn't have much to offer, but the store at the stadium is massive. Like everything you want, so fantastic experience. Really enjoyed it, and I'm definitely going to do this again.
0: Amazing! If 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 no one saw the picture that Omar posted of the items that he purchased at the store, maybe we'll we won't repost it on the main because there's some items in there that are little. But hey, (laughs) look him up, look up his, and see the stuff. You know, he he bought everything for the entire family. Good for you. Very very nice.
2: I'm a family
1: man. What can I say? Glad you enjoyed it, uh, my man. Um, and yeah, you're right. Uh, the Maccabi supporters uh, were wild on the streets there and stuff like that. And uh, it's still pretty surreal regardless of uh, what our atmosphere is with our Juventus. I'll never forget that first moment walking out of the main section out into the seating area. And it's just uh, the way it just opens right up. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Now, Let's get to the business at hand. Okay, so uh, everybody here uh, on the live, just going to remind everybody that's tuning in on the audio, uh, let's get over to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel for all the uh, additional content that we're putting out daily update videos keeping you in the loop on all juventus news and then of course our match day lives and yesterday i had a watch along and i have to thank everybody that actually was a part of the watch along there were people in the comments that said they're not even watching the game they're literally just listening to me calling it for them because uh, they would rather do something enjoyable and just have me call the action for them And I had a couple say that uh, it was actually the best Juve called match that they've seen. And that's pretty damn cool. So, uh, hey, you know what? Just keep spreading the word, everybody, because uh, that's how sometimes people make it. And, hey, I'll call Juve games officially. I'll do it. Just keep spreading the word. But no. Honestly, uh, thank you, everybody who uh, joins in on those. Um, I love doing them regardless of the results, and you guys make it awesome. So the live chat was just amazing. So I wanted to make sure I gave a big shout out to everybody that was a part of that. Okay. Now, Milan, Juventus. We I said this in the match day live. Okay. Despite the players Milan was missing, I said, look, they still have a good lineup. OK, that's still a good lineup. We can't just say, oh, there's zero excuses. Like we have to take to them. like, no, I expected to compete and have a good battle with Milan. And what I expected lasted for about 20 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So unfortunately, that's about uh, as long as I felt we were truly uh, matching up with them. And outside of that, It was uh, Milan started to be the better side and generate the better chances. Hell, outside of uh, the first 20 minutes, we didn't get another opportunity. Okay. We're not even talking about, you know, a, a scoring chance, anything like that. Opportunity, not one on target or anything. Opportunity until like 75th minute or something like that. And that just, that can, when this happens, it's more to me than just the players okay and when you have seven eight nine guys that are all just completely lost out there and struggling and we'll get into all the details on what I was seeing that leads me yep. to believe it's more of a bigger issue okay but um yeah we'll start off with our lineup and honestly I said it in the Match day live. You had Chesney, you had Danilo, Bonucci, Bremer, Sandro. You had Quadrado, Locatelli, Rabiot, Kostic with Milik and Vlauch up top. I said it makes sense him wanting to go in a 4-4-2 because you want to try to just keep it uh, uh, flat and slow down them on their flanks, which we again, we did good for 20 minutes and whatnot. But mm-hmm. overall in the first half... It was okay. Hernandez, um, I don't think he was 100%, but he wasn't having his way with us. And for the most part, we did okay against Leal as well. However, um, just the subs, you know, we'll get into all that. It was—it It is what it is. Cuadrado had to start for me because I wouldn't put McKenney a center midfielder, as an outside if you're trying to slow down uh, what Milan is going to do on that side. Did well, you we guys saw what happened when he came with their starting lineup, with UV starting lineup. And any issues no, with I Juve's think, starting lineup?
0: Yeah, I think you're you're 100 right based on the players that we had available and the opponent.
2: That was the best lineup to put out there. I didn't.
0: I didn't have an issue with it. Yeah, neither I, did I. I, Omar? Just,
2: I just don't get why we keep landing on that default four-four-two every time. At- some important match uh, comes in because we had a sort of a 3 5 2 in the last two games and it worked out fine as well as it could, and then suddenly land back on that formation that hasn't proven itself in any circumstances up until now. But it's sort of it seems like it's a default formation that Allegri jumps to. And The minute I saw that, I, I knew we we're going to lose, that it's just not a good way to play anymore. And we keep landing on that and that frustrates the hell out of me.
0: I got something again and I you know, this is just a, a point. Do you think he went away from the three five two because he was worried that out against our two center backs, it, it wouldn't even like if he got through that midfield, you know, he he'd eat them alive back there. Having that extra if,
2: if you change your formation just to accommodate one player, then your formation is not good, period. Like, we don't need to change formation because Leao is playing. What will you do when you play Byron and every player in their attacking line looks like that? Will you park the bus from minute one to the end?
0: Yes, that's what we'll do. Yes, that's correct.
1: I this don't team. have a problem with the 4 4 2 in general. I have a problem with a hybrid 4 4 2 if you're going to play it. Um, putting a center midfielder as an outside with Quadrado out there it becomes a little bit more natural and a little bit more normal. And honestly, it proved through the first 20 minutes to be successful. If we played with the proper, you know, aggression and stopped giving them space. The second we started to give them space and breathing room, it allowed layout to slowly build up and get into that game. Hernandez started to create issues and whatnot. The second we just had that let up and I don't know why it happened, I don't know how it happened, but at the very least, defensively, we should have pressured them far more than we did outside of that 20 minutes because it just allowed them to get comfortable and start to uh, find avenues that they could do damage in.
2: But is it new? Is it something new? Like if you were a coach managing your team and you have a game against Juven, you'd watch their previous games and see, okay, let's contain them for 20 minutes and then they drop off. Like I, I don't think it was due to our tactics. I think Milan planned it, because based on all our games, this isn't that what happens every game. But what I'm saying
1: is, regardless of formations, this is happening too. Like it d- really doesn't doesn't matter ultimately. So if we're just gonna knock on the four four two, we've done it in a four three three. We've done it in a four two three one. We've done it in a three five two. There's a drop off. There's bigger. There's just more to the problem. And mm-hmm. I just don't think the formation or the lineup that we went with was an actual problem, to be honest. Because I saw people saying the personnel was wrong, the setup was wrong and stuff. I don't actually believe it was. I think it's some. I think it's a there's a bigger bigger issue there. That's all I'm saying. You know, there's uh, a big issue
2: there, of course. I yeah, agree.
1: because we've seen those struggles with 352, 433, 4231. It's this what we saw yesterday is unfortunately um, not new by any means. And we've been seeing it uh, too often. We're going to get to – we'll just quickly rip through these highlights so we can get into all our <laughs> thoughts and overviews on the game, okay? Because we started off really good. Um, winning the ball was key. We were getting to that ball, okay, winning yep. it back and then taking it to them. Cuadrado <laughs> has the opportunity that, of course, everybody highlighted and rightfully so. Because if you watch this thing back, you freeze frame it right at the side view. He's got two trailers that he can hit on trailing runs. He also has an option to bend a ball behind the defenders to Kostic, who's on the opposite side. Vlaovic is probably the only one. It was either Vlaovic or Milik who he couldn't hit. There was only one that was literally right behind his defender. But there was two trailers, and I think it was Milik and Locatelli and then Kostic on the far side. By the point he shoots that ball that looks close on TV until they show the replay, and it's always curling away from goal, you see all four of those guys, okay, um, with their immediate what-the-hell reactions, okay? Kostic, Locatelli, Milik, Vlaovic, all rightfully so, and Cuadrado, this is like... It's at the point where it's just he cannot start. He just cannot. He has roasted us continuously with selfish decisions and just poor and awful decisions. I even said in the game against uh, Maccabi with Rabio's goal, his pass was so piss poor there and should have been cut out. We were lucky that the ball even fell to Rabio, and then we saw the give and go with uh, Di Maria, and he Luckily got through that. Otherwise I would have blown up at him for yet again, another wasted opportunity in the final third quadrado right now, this season, he is, I would much rather take growing pains and just deal with whatever happens with Sule to be honest, because I'm pretty much at my boiling point with quadrado guys weigh in on this moment, this opening in quadrado and your thoughts.
0: Omar,
2: just, Whatever you said, it's exactly it. I I see this photo and I knew how it ended. I I missed that opportunity during the game. When I saw the photos on Twitter, I knew exactly Mm -hmm. how it ended. So it's nothing new. keeps frustrating. Cuadrado should be a bench player. And yeah, growing paint with Sule is something I prefer at the moment.
0: Was that yeah. in the first fifteen minutes? Cause I missed the first fifteen. I didn't go back and watch. So I oh, really yeah. I only saw a good I only saw a good five minutes of the game. I was I was traveling the first fifteen
1: but... minutes, Juve were into it. And yeah, this was yeah. in the first fifteen. It was a great opportunity again off us winning the ball quickly and turning it on them. Uh Vlaovic carrying up the front, putting it over to the wing to Quadrado, and then Quadrado just seeing his name in the lights uh, yet again and it just not happening uh, so like- saying oh that okay that's funny that's, funny. that's pretty Um good. now we get to uh, we continue on um, and honestly we had a little bit more opportunities but nothing concrete. Juventus finished this game even though we had a strong 15 opening mm-hmm. 20 minutes going back for Milan. zero big chances created from Juventus, mm-hmm. okay? 10 total attempts, and I will say this, from the 20th minute, we had five total attempts, okay? And we didn't get the sixth until about 76th minute before we got Miss- the sixth. We finished with 10 total attempts, but we were at five from 20 to 75, 76 minutes, okay? And we finished the game with zero big chances. Milik had a header, that uh, yeah. he put in later in the game. That's not a big chance. Doesn't create a doesn't. No, I mean, that was a, a shot big, on target. But that was late. But um, yeah, we'll go through the rest. Corner for Milan and Liao backheels this thing. Quick reaction play hits the post, goes out. Lucky for Juventus there. Okay,
0: there. Hang on with the corner kick. Now there was a lot of discussion prior to that play with Quadrado being fouled. Okay, in the lead up. So there was I get two. It.
1: It was even beyond Cuadrado. There was yet another one.
0: Right. So even though the Fubo TV commentators stink, they brought up the point that said since it became a corner kick, it was now a different phase of play. I wouldn't be surprised. And I've always wondered this myself, but why a foul that's not called that leads to a corner kick or another free kick isn't reviewed because that's now another attacking play. So – I wouldn't be surprised if they try to introduce something like this next year for VAR to review to say if there was a foul to lead up to a corner kick because a corner kick is a, I wouldn't say a scoring opportunity, but it's a, it's oh, an yeah, attacking, it's a, bit, it's, it's a set piece, right? Yeah, yeah so, but but you open
2: but you open it up to a lot of controversy, and that's what and that's in, what initially I about. initially you can't stop the play to use VAR for yellow card fouls. Now was that a red card? If not, then you're not allowed to pause the right. game and to act on it.
0: Right. So I, I, what I, I agree with you, Omar. What I'm saying is, I think they'll try to. I think teams will say, "Hey, there was a foul leading up to a corner kick. Let's make this reviewable." But like you said, I think it, there's going to be way too much gray area to say, "Okay, well, how soon was the foul before the corner kick?" And then you take the corner kick if it bounces around the box and then kicks out, and then they score. Like, like how much, right? Is it if does it go in directly from the free kick? Then can you pull it back? I think it would open up too much of a can of word. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, there, it was a foul that wasn't called. There were two
1: leading up two. to that one. The Hernandez one was the worst and should have been a yellow card if we're being serious here. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I mean, it is what it is corner kick layout back heels it up the post. I didn't like this, was another thing. When that drop off starts to happen for Juventus, I see, I started to see something that drives me absolutely crazy with any team. They started lobbying for every single damn call mm-hmm. and they started pouting and they started hitting the ground and always just turning to the ref, throwing their arms up. Play the goddamn game. Don't worry about what's out of your hands. You can't control that little idiot in the yellow shirt that's having a shocker, okay? But what you can control is your own actions, how you play, your attitude, and your approach. And we just are too friggin' soft. We're way too soft. I hate when I see Juve play in that manner. And unfortunately, after about that moment... It just happened and it wasn't one player. Okay. It was all it. it was Kostic. It was Lokatelli. It was Vlaovic. It was Quad. They were all doing it. And it just it it got to a point where I was actually like disgusted on the watch along. I like I, I was that. like, if they keep this up and keep like pissing about and pouting, I'm actually might shut this thing down. That drives me crazy. Um, did you guys notice that as well? I, I would assume you guys noticed that flux uh, where we just started worrying about the ref and not the actual game ahead of us.
0: It's been a problem for a while. Like someone put in here, that's like Sal makes a good point. You know, when you look for fouls, that's a sign of a lack of exactly good it's true, right? You're looking, you're looking for help when, like I didn't normally. We look at Inter, we look at Milan, we say, "Oh, look at these guys diving and looking for calls." I didn't see much of that yesterday from the red and black. Yeah, they fought through everything. They fought for every ball, and they they went. They tried to win every ball first. We didn't. Yeah,
2: the, they were running. Juve were playing standing. If if I was a neutral fan, I would have thought Vlahovic and Milik are are playmakers because every ball ends up at their feet at the halfway line, and they are supposed to shift the game. Somewhere. They are strikers.
1: They're Mm -hmm. supposed
2: to strike the ball into the goal and the playmaking is non-existent, absolutely non-existent.
1: Yeah. We had uh, a couple Milan fans in the watch along, actually quite respectful and it was good. And they said they didn't watch um, a lot of Juve this year whatnot, but they just, they reiterated everything we do on a weekly basis. They were just like, we're shocked at how easy Milan can create against you guys. And it looks like you guys have no like set style or system or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty much you in a nutshell right now. So I'm like, you may as well have been watching us all year long because that's, that's what we feel like. And that's what we see. So anyways, we get out this layout gets another rip from just outside. And um, actually this is the one Vlaovic leans over And uh, they were looking at for a handball, but he's got his arms a a bit. Yeah, he just kind of pokes it out a bit. But honestly, there's not much more you can do as a player. It would have been pretty chintzy, I thought, if they were going to call that. They didn't. Play continues on. Leal, again, like I said, we started giving space. Everything Mm -hmm. we were doing good in the opening, which was taking their space away, moving, forcing them Mm -hmm. backwards, stopped. Leal, he's like... 24 yards out and just allowed to take a look and line up a rip. And nobody was pressuring the ball. And I'm like, guys, you can't let this guy just shoot openly. He does hits the outside of the pole. Chesney wouldn't have got there. Okay. That thing was dipping and uh, swerving out. It was a hell of a rip off the post. So two posts already. Then you get to the corner kick and Mr. Juan Cuadrado himself is the first guy to that ball. And it should have been cleared easily and we can regroup he misses it it goes in there there's a scramble obviously a shot from the back hits tamori stops perfectly for him mm-hmm. um and just he turns and fires it into the cage this should have never happened because quadrado should have just easily handled it the other thing is too what led up to that corner kick was our own um just nonsense a play and scrambling to even just hold possession at that time frustrating but um, is what it is. 1-0 down. Uh, we're going to rifle through these guys, okay? Um, Halftime, 1-0 Milan. Um, again, I just felt like half of that half was good. You guys agree? Half of the half was good for U A, yep. and then outside of that, Milan started taking take control. All downhill. You could feel well, hard done by to go down 1-0 at half, but yeah, honestly, like towards time. the end, Milan was the better side.
0: Okay. And I'll just put something in now which applies the whole game. I don't feel Milan really threatened. Like, our defense wasn't really under any pressure at any point, right? You had the corner kick, and then you had, we'll get to the bonehead play that led to the second goal. But, like, realistically, like, people make it sound like our team was completely off yesterday. I thought we were okay at the back. If there's any positive to take away from this game, I thought we were okay because we didn't really – give them anything like close range like they're like Chesney didn't really have a lot of work to do but anyway, it was
2: still awful but yeah. at the bottom Baumark- yeah I, I gathered the the stats uh, of everything related to that but I'll, I'll get to them when we recap up the entire match
1: okay listen it's just like I get what you're saying Anthony and I kind of mm. I would agree like we weren't put Wave after wave after wave. Right. But they did create things rather effortlessly, and we allowed them a little too much space to get comfortable. Um, yes, the second they, they found that goal, you could see it all over the body language, you yes. could see it all over the players' faces. These guys don't believe. They just yes, don't. I agree with that. They just don't believe. Walking into the first their first reaction was walking up to the ref. That was the first reaction of five guys, and three of them are um, experienced veterans. I don't want to see that shit. Get your team, get your asses into the locker room, sort it out, come back, and get back to the opening 20 minutes of play. Mm-hmm. Don't walk up to the goddamn ref. It's just... We're so fragile. We're just... This is not a Juve. I'm accustomed to see him or like seeing, and so I just it's frustrating to me to see them like that in the second half. We're going to fire this through, uh, outside of the, um, okay. No awful pass from Vlaovic. This is the Vlaovic scenario. Okay. He's got Loka Deli. He's got Milik. That's ahead of Loka by like probably 10 yards. And then you've got Benucci. That's at the back in between them in his line of sight. He literally puts this ball between all of them in, uh, no man's land. like, and Bra- Raheem Diaz just runs onto it. Let's carry forward. Benucci stands there. And that is the best impression of a pylon I've seen in years because he gets absolutely dusted. You know what, man? Take him down, stand in front of him, just block the body, take your car. Like the fact that you just stand there is mind blowing to me.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Even raised his hands like I didn't touch him in case he falls down.
0: Yeah, he he tried to hit him. So here here's here's my thing. We had a big discussion on this one after the game in the group chat. So here's my thing on that. Yeah. Out. I got gotcha. you. If it's a split second decision that he has to make, if he takes him down there, he runs the risk of a red card, and that game is absolutely over. We we take a red card there. That game is over. It's not a red if you're at that moment
1: when he has to make that Listen, decision. It's a yellow.
0: He doesn't know he he sees that it's the striker the and in him. front of him, man. If he's yeah, in front he of did, him, it's not a
2: red.
1: It's a yellow. It's a, that's, he's a the last yellow. Man, that's a professional
2: yellow. That's okay, a professional yellow. And he's not the last man. If it's it's if the attacking player is the last man between him
0: let's and Let's just let's just pump the brakes you now put it in the hands of the VAR to decide if he's the last man. So there is a potential that the the VAR would review that and deem that a red card. I agree. You know, there's an angle of another defender who may have been able to get there, could be a yellow. I I understand that. But he takes him down there. He has to make a decision that he potentially may be the last man. Take a red, that game is over. So he did try and trip him. There is like a still shot of him trying to get there. But... I said, you, you got to do more to sort of like jockey, like backtrack, sort of slow him down. But he he, chose, he made the wrong decision. In that that's moment,
1: it's ball or man. One can get by, you both can't.
0: Both cannot. I agree. Or at and least slow just, him down.
1: And that's just, that's the time where, you know what? You take a foul and you deal with the consequences because ultimately it would have been, it's still Vlaovic is bad because it's mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. And Vlaovic, that's one of probably 15 to 18 that he just made, <laughs> that he just absolutely dusted for passing. Like Vlaovic was shocking with the passes in follow-up to his, um,
0: to his that's hold-up not his
1: game. Play. It was brutal. That's not
0: his game. He was, like Lex was saying it in the whole chat before, like during the game. He, him and Milik and uh, Omar just said that they were playing way too low to have to collect at their backs and like distribute. Like that's not his game.
1: Yeah. I, now, just...
0: I agree. Going back to the Benucci thing. I agree with you, L- Bertol. I, I really, really do. I'm just saying, Benucci, my guess is that in that split second, he had to make a decision to say, you know, I should, the only way I could slow him down and potentially not get a red card is to kind of get in his way. I think he made the wrong decision. He should have at least backtracked, like slow him down because Milik was on a tear to try and, you know, make up for it. It's
1: frustrating. Anyways, I mean, yeah. We we want to blow through these. We'll blow through the rest, okay, because it's 2-0. Brahim Diaz finishes in the follow-up to that too. Uh, Milik makes a hell of a run back, slides. He's late. Sandro stops a little bit, hesitates because Milik comes in, slides. Then Bremer can't get over Look, Chesney gets a piece of it, not enough. It goes in, it's 2 0. Milan continues getting good opportunities. Hernandez was sent through, obviously, tried. Uh, Chesney did well getting out there, stopping that. He tried mm-hmm. to clip it or chip it over the top to the back, couldn't get it in. Um, Keen comes in and Keen. When Keen is a bright spot, it shows you where the team was at yesterday because Keen came in. He did very, very well. He worked hard for himself, had a good one too with Milik. Opportunity gets blocked, goes out for a corner. Outside of that, uh, Origi again gets in, forces a point blank save from Chesney. So Milan just uh, at that point, Juve was done. You could see yeah. it, you could read it. It was, it was over. There was uh, nothing happened. And I wanted a goal. We got nothing. And honestly, in this game, we got what we deserved, in my opinion, which was absolutely nothing out of it. Um, That's how I feel. Brief overview of the whole game. I think there are bigger problems than just our players, and we continue to attack players. We're going to get Omar and Anthony's overview before I get into all the aftermath topics we are going to get into, okay? So who wants to lead us off on their overview of this whole thing? Uh, Let's let
2: Omar uh, kick it off. Uh, I, I took Max's quote after the match, and it kind of infuriated me. You know? if you're if you're getting to the press conference later, then I'll wait with it. No, you can.
1: We can get into this even right mm-hmm. in the overview. Omar, go ahead.
2: Okay. So basically, what Max said. I'm sorry, I've written it down because there's stats here. Uh, Max said we didn't suffer from almost anything except for the house crossbar and. Tomori's goal, which could have been avoided like Brain Diaz. Now, that is the most detached thing I heard, detached from reality about how Juve played, because that will lead you to believe we played a good game and we were up to scrub, and just two unlucky chances got in the net. Now, Milan surpassed Juve on every attacking stat there could be. 21 threats on goal, uh, 10 for Juve. 14 threats from uh, inside the area, 8 for Juve, uh, 3 and 3 shots on target, 2 goals after that, 2 crossbars for Milan, 9 corners, 3 to Juve, and for those of you who like uh, the XG stat, uh, 2.28 for Milan, 0.77 Juve, which means that it basically measures the quality of the opportunity uh, you get so Milan were far better. Now, if Allegri is saying that and considering everything, all the games against the top side, which we won only one of them, basically, in the past two seasons, like is that man even... Is he even talking about what's happened? Does he know how bad the situation is? Because I, I can't keep listening to we played well and just unlucky. This isn't the situation. And... Either he's lying to us, either he's lying to himself, the players, the management. I don't know who, but it seems like the issues don't get addressed. Come flat out, said we were bad and do whatever you have to do, but stop lying to all of us that we played good.
1: Just call it for what it is and be honest and upfront yeah. because honestly, it's just like, it's just excuses and it's just noise at this point these and nobody read them. the room. He's, he has, he's never read the room, but it's just funny because he gets called out on what he was saying about, while well, you take players away from these teams. They're going to struggle too. Here's Milan with a long list. Like I said, they still had a good lineup in there, but they just continue to keep plugging away and doing their thing and not making excuses and, You know, it's just, for me, that's all it is. It's excuses. What Max was talking about earlier in the season, in terms of, well, we need Di Maria, we need Pogba, we need Chiesa. You know what? We do. Because he has not put anything together with the rest of the guys. So, unfortunately, this faith in these guys making it right is what we need to cling to because he can't get it together with the rest of them. And the players themselves are not putting it together without those guys. So, the sad reality is, he is become right because that's all uh, he could seem to do without them. Uh, Anth, I'm going to let you go in here now.
0: Yeah. I wonder if the the suffering thing was, if he, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. And sometimes the translations can be a little off, but maybe he was talking about like, we didn't give up a lot of chances from Milan. Like that's what he meant by suffering, but either way, you know, you're right, Omar. I just, Sometimes I just wonder what the translations mean. But, yeah, he's. if that's what he meant, then, yeah, there's The translation there's is
2: just watching the game. If you lose mm-hmm. and don't create against a depleted Milan side who never got out of second gear, then you didn't play good, period. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Uh, the, the one thing that you didn't uh, touch on with the stats that I actually had highlighted on my notes was zero counterattacks. That was something that we were able to do in the last two games against those dumpy sides that we played. Uh, For me, this game was, you know, like I said before, I thought we played okay at the back, but there was no connection between the three lines, right? There was no connection between the defense, the midfield, the midfield, and, and the strikers. There was no buildup of play. Like there was no passing triangles through the middle. Everything always seemed to be like Locatelli trying to complete a 20 yard pass to Vlaovic's feet. Right. Or 20 yards minimum. I, I didn't really see any buildup whatsoever, like no creativity, which has been a curse that we've had for quite a while. Uh, shockingly, we had 60 percent possession. I don't. I don't know how that happened. Not that. And Al and I, you were talking about this before the show. That doesn't really mean anything. But I was just surprised that we had that much possession and really just did nothing with it. Because I don't remember the last time we had that much possession. So- in yeah, I'm
1: And it's interesting because I always update that as we go through the watch along and at Mm -hmm. halftime. So in the opening 20 to 25 minutes, Juventus had 59% possession. They were at 60%. After that 20 minutes, the half ended, it was 51% Juve, 49% Milan until Milan got comfortable. And then all of a sudden Juve's possession just went up because Milan felt no threat. There was no threat. So even that in its own is misleading. But possession on its own matters nothing if you can't do something with it. And again, this is a story that follows Juventus in terms, well, not leading possession, but just being able to create and build up properly against teams that are set up and hit the nail on the head in terms of Bologna, who I thought was worse than Monza. And I said that after that victory, I said, look, Bologna to me was worse than Monza, but we needed the win. Let's take it. Let's move on. Maccabi against Maccabi. <sighs> I thought the scoreline flattered us because they hit a couple uh, bars and, or posts. And I think they actually played very well in the second half. And I think it was a flattering scoreline. We still could have had way more goals, but we're not clinical enough. So there's still, there was this false sense of hope that I think many Juventini got out of those two matches. For me, I like the attitude. I like the uh, intentions we had, but it didn't, you know, carry forward outside of 20 minutes against Milan. But the biggest thing is the attitude shifted against Milan into one of the worst attitudes you can have, which is looking Mm -hmm. for help in the wrong places, referee and whatnot like that. So for me, That drives me nuts. I put out a tweet, and I want to talk about it because, for me, this is how I'm starting to feel. And, uh, again, it leaves me to, unfortunately, feel that we have to bank on Di Maria now that his suspension's over and when Chiesa returns and, at some point, Pogba. Because when you have Kostic, who was awful, Vlaovic, poor, uh, McKenny pretty much useless McKenny got muscled off the ball by Tonali Tonali is a hell of a midfielder, but McKenny is a much bigger guy than uh, Tonali and he got muscled That's off all like nothing. Leverage. It's not even like they were contention, like Tonali literally tossed him aside like nothing in a moment. And I was just like, that pretty much sums it up for me when you are losing battles so easily and you came on as a sub Mm McKenny, you came in at 45th minute half and you're getting muscled off like nothing by uh tonali who's smaller than you and has been playing for the whole first half anyways paredes changed absolutely nothing we roast locatelli and he had some errant passes he was also responsible in the 20 minutes for a lot of the counters that we gained from him and rabio winning balls but again uh miretti absolutely awful when he came in but i'm not going to go hard on the 19 year old is what is and i'm not going to go hard on too many of the guys because when you list this many players there's a bigger problem for me than continuing to attack players and individuals for me this team when milan got comfortable if you see positionally if you watch this game i watch it over it's shocking really yeah i did Because I couldn't believe what I was seeing at watch-along that I had to just go back. So I went back to certain sections of the match. And no doubt, the positioning was so brutal. You had moments where Locatelli was actually back further than our center backs. You had him out on the right flank, Cuadrado moving in, Danilo all of a sudden ahead of Locatelli right flank. It was like, where are these players going? And what are they doing? And to be honest, none of them knew. I don't think any of them knew. Okay? None of them knew. The positional freewheeling, the amount of players struggling, and then when you start asking for help from the referee, leads me that they have no fallback plan. They have no system. There's nothing there for them to gather belief in. So this mm-hmm. team's belief right now is Di Maria and Chiesa, And when Pogba comes back and that's the sad reality that we're facing right now, because when we play lesser teams and I'm tired of hearing this player thing and attacking players, because we get outclassed by teams with far less quality. So we have to stop these excuses for max. He's not putting it together. And there have been matches where Di Maria has been in the lineup and we've looked just as disorganized and poor. So I just, I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have us continuously attacking players. When there's nine, ten of them throughout a game that are brutal, there's bigger problems. What do you guys think? That's my big rant.
2: Yeah, I Um, kind of feel like Allegri is... Throwing everything at the wall and see what sticks, uh, nothing mm-hmm. makes sense to me. When we attack, we don't have enough players in attack. When we defend, we're always missing players, but there's no one in the midfield all the time. So where is everybody? Why is everyone always where they're not supposed to be? Like you said, it's a formational thing. Everyone looks confused. Then McKenny slots in at right wing. Then you take out Kostic and Miretti slots in at left wing. And at one point you have four central midfielders and one right winger in Sule. And it's just a mess. It's a horrible mess that I, I like looking at tactics. I like analyzing what teams do. And I'm just, you know, I'm at a loss for words. I I don't know what I'm seeing, who should be where Danilo pops in the midfield all the time and he's alone there. So Mm -hmm. where are the other four midfielders that are on the pitch? I, it's just a mess and keep attacking players like look at all the players we have and the players that have come in in recent two three years how they performed for their clubs before they came to juve and all the players who left and how they perform at other clubs that tells me something is wrong with us it's it's not a coincidence that they're all that they all are doing great or did great before coming to Juve. the system is broken and when the system is broken no one flourishes when the system is good And take Napoli, for example, or Milan, for example, any youngster, any player thrown in there will make it because it's a good nurturing ground. It was in the past with Juve, where players like Giaccarini and Peluso and Cellier can, can flourish and be better than they are. But when things don't work, these are not the type of guys who will save you. You can't bank only your player's ability. It's not a national side, it's a team who needs to play together week in week out.
0: Yeah, it, if you're going to if you're going to succeed either in Champions League or Serie A, you have to be able to get points on the road. A point. You know, it's okay to get I was okay with a draw today. I even said last week and I said in the I put it in the the pre-game show, I saw this game as a draw and a draw would have been fine away to Milan. It, it it's it would have been okay, but the last nine games, going back to last year, away games, Juventus is three draws and six losses. We yeah. have no wins in the last nine away games. That's a problem. That's a big, big problem. And we have three losses in a row away from home. So I said you know, before, like every game is an away
2: game. Even their home games feel like away games.
0: Right.
1: So, so technically, well, we have won some away games. Yeah. We won those at home, and those are away
0: games okay. almost. Well, anyways, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You, you got to get points away from home, and Allegri's just not just not putting it together. It's
1: it's like, look, this is what there's I got a lot, to there's a lot of someone problems, on though. social media. When I put that tweet out, I was immediately rebutted with, well, what about the g- three games we played great? And I was like, I'm still waiting to see these three great games we played. We've had good halves of the season. I go, what are you talking about? We haven't even played three since the international break. I go, you had Maccabi who took it to us in the second half. But is that your good game? And that was one of the good games they were counting. I was like, okay, whatever. Cool. I'll give you that. Bologna? Bologna was worse than Monza. Um, Where where are these good games? Where are these good games? Here's a little reality for uh, people, basically. Big games since Max has come back to Juventus.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. This is not going to be good.
1: Three games versus Milan, four versus Inter, two against Napoli, two against Atalanta, two games against Villarreal, two against Chelsea, one against Benfica, one against PSG. 17 matches. One
0: win. Now the Chelsea game, right?
2: One win.
0: I think there was a draw in there too, right? We drew. No, there are some
2: draws. We drew with Villarreal the first game and we drew with uh, yeah. Milan once. But <laughs> the draw is just as bad as a loss at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. L- listen, it, any way you slice it, this team, these games are measuring stick games. And Juventus con- has continued to fail in them since Max has returned. We have arguably gotten worse in his tenure. He himself says any like we got back to this when he was out of a job six months he says a coach should have a team playing with his ideas he never made mention well it depends on your players and now all of a sudden it does but no six months to get your ideas through your ideas are planted in this team max and i truly believe that a coach the play the way players act the way their demeanor is their attitude their body language is basically coming from the coach okay Like they are a reflection of you as a coach. And for me, they're failing. They're failing completely. Okay. In all the measuring stick matches. And not only that, but the ones that shouldn't be measuring stick matches, we're getting outclassed by teams with far less talent. We got to get over these excuses. I think Sal's uh, comment was perfect. It's turned into fino alla fine to. Well, what you need to understand is, and that's, that's a good that one. sums it up. Like, yeah, what are we doing here? I've never seen yeah. somebody so protected as Max Allegri. And this rebuttal, this back and forth that happened on Twitter, kept it respectful, obviously, because that's one thing I always ask. Anybody can disagree. Just keep it respectful. Mm-hmm. And it was. It a respectful uh, discussion. But what ended up happening was uh, it went back to, well – this success and in the past and all this, Hey, stop living in the past. We're in the now and he's failing. He is failing us. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I know the answer and I will be the first to admit bringing in another coach doesn't guarantee immediate success and results. It doesn't. But how far are we willing to go before recognizing some, there needs to be bigger change or there's bigger issues because If we're out of the Scudetto race very soon, if we get bounced out of Champions League and whatnot, do we just throw in the towel on the season? There's already people throwing in the towel on the season. I'm not like that, and I don't believe Mm -hmm. in that. And you're not going to change the entire roster. So maybe a coaching change just for the sheer sake of sparking something in these players and saying, hey, look, this guy's gone, and you guys are partly responsible for that. And you see this in sports all the time, whether you follow football, hockey, um, everything. You see it. Mm-hmm. You see coaches take the, f- the heat, and that comes with the territory in order to spark that change.
0: Yeah, the stats just aren't really helping Max out. And Al, you and I, we've, we've talked about this a lot, and Omer's been here for a lot of it. Like Changing a coach is never something that you want to do right it it causes like a lot of upheaval and especially with other teams uh, sorry individuals in the management like you don't want to do that but just the results and you know the stats that we've been spitting out and just plainly just looking at what's happening on the field it's it's getting hard so for me I'm not an allegri in guy I'm not an allegri out guy I am a Juventus supporter I could care about any other team so you guys all know that about me but it's getting hard to justify or defend Allegri to say, you know, give him time. Well, it's just, it's so disconnected that I, it's easy for me to say, well, I think just, just a change might be needed. And I know some people are saying, well, Agnelli, like we need to get something straight here. He's not going anywhere. Agnelli not going anywhere. Now could he step aside and put more of the business on, uh, Kirubini and Arriba Bene. I think he's already doing that. I don't know how much of a fingerprint he has on this team other than uh, Allegri, which is, you know, that's a big fingerprint. But I don't know how much he has in terms of, say, if players. I know he can sign off on what those people uh, request. So uh, Anielia isn't happening. And I don't know how much of a change that would happen if he leaves anyways. But definitely getting back to Allegri, it's good. it's getting hard to defend him it's
1: getting it's, really hard. It's getting very very difficult and you know mm-hmm. that battle that I was having with that person it turned into them essentially continuing to just defend allegri. I said, "Look, yeah. you are arguing me defending allegri, not realizing that I don't give a shit who the coach is." Yep. I don't give a shit that his name's Max Allegri. I could care less who the coach is. What I need Correct. is I need results and I need mm-hmm. a team to make Progress. And I said, the man you're defending in his own words, six months is enough for a coach to have his ideas translated. I go, he's had 16 and he's had a say in our mercado. Okay. I just can't have it anymore. It's it's everything that you're telling me is excuses and noise. And Mm -hmm. the Juve I've been brought up with and grown to love is not one that makes excuses. That's for our rivals. That's for the Chihuahua teams out there that keep bitching year in, year out when we're at the top. Okay. The excuses are for them. I'm done with excuses. Okay. So I, I need some change. Eric came in saying that, you know what? Sometimes these coaching changes, uh, need to be made just for the simple, fresh ideas and, um, just enthusiasm. And there are pros to making coaches. It's not that it's all bad. And like I said, in all sports and Hey, it comes with the territory. You don't think max signed up knowing like all these coaches know that their time could end like that, you know, and especially at the big clubs that take themselves seriously and have high ambitions. That's, don't that's
2: exactly. That's exactly the line for a club like Juve. A club is supposed to be ambitious and challenging all fronts. The line should be: if you finish below fifth place, that's it. You're gone. That's not what we expect. Now, I may I might be exaggerating a bit, but if we're looking at the past season and you know the start of this season, if you give him more time, like what will happen? Are you seeing anything that is? a good idea and doesn't work and needs time to work on it, just seeing the same uh, stuff sticking to the wall and hoping they stay there. Yeah. So Real Madrid, Zidane won Real Madrid three Champions League in a row, first ever, came into his second stint, had COVID made through it. As soon as he wasn't at the scrap with what Real Madrid are aiming for, he was cut out. That's it. Yeah. Go home and we'll bring someone else in. And I, I don't see Juve firing Allegri. That's the saddest part of it. Everyone is saying together, all the newspapers, all the reporters, it's not in our plans to fire Allegri. Making cha- Champions League qualification would guarantee us more money than we lose by sacking Allegri. Yeah. And then right now we're, we're risking both because he still has a contract for four years so we might miss out on Champions League and I have to fire him.
1: Yeah. Sad reality that we might uh, have to face, but... uh, No, in November. Fans are fired up, and rightfully so, to be honest. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Everybody's guess as to what the right uh, moves are and what to do and whatnot, but it's very, very difficult. Want to take a second, just a breather here before we get into Storm the Barn. Everybody take a second okay like the video Relax. just hit that thumbs up it doesn't take long okay if you're looking for ways to support the channel you guys are all amazing we have a uh, super chat enabled super thanks enabled through the chat you can do that or also check out our store that's linked with us on youtube there's 15 off i think today's the last day and we've got the new adp 10 designs out with the king uh crown on it okay obviously king of turin we've got the new principinos out there and then of course that famous victory timeline from Juve's comeback Mm -hmm. against inter so if you're into uh, some cool custom merch and support channel Check it out, but let's get those likes up. And when this podcast ends, if you could take a second and just put a comment in the video, that helps us out a lot too. Okay, and it could be yeah. If I see a
0: comment in there about hashtag Scanga out, I'm gonna be pissed because I know actually that's the
1: perfect comment, everybody. Hashtag Scanga out when the video ends. Drop it in there, okay? I'll settle for Lucci out. Now, let's get to uh, some storm the barn. Uh, everybody's firing up. They don't even wait for the cues anymore, and I just nope. love it. Okay, so uh, Faye is coming in here, just basically saying, "Question: Do you realize, like I do, there's a gap between Allegri and the management? And how Allegri is working alone, even if he's wrong so far in many decisions, but why the management are quiet?" Ah,
2: uh, so quiet. I, essentially, I, it comes
1: down to: Are we seeing a disconnect in? basically i think he's almost asking like why is manage upper management so quiet on the whole thing we haven't heard a whole lot but i don't think they've really been asked a whole bunch nedved's probably the latest coming out saying that uh, max was never in doubt or in question but that has proven to be a kiss of death from old pavel when uh, he gives you the uh, the nod <laughs> of approval it usually means See he you later. Said it, shortly after he said
0: it before the Milan match, he says that we have no one. He said something along those lines. Lou shared it. He said uh-huh. something about we have no intentions of changing Allegri at the moment. We yeah, all yeah, of we're us in the group mesh. chat were like, "Whoa, yeah." Whoa. yeah.
1: I don't. Possible. I honestly don't think they're planning on moving Max.
0: So my my comment about the management, right? uh-huh. and I said this a long time ago. It's like watching that couple in pajama pants in the chips aisle at Walmart arguing. You're just like you don't want to see that because you look disconnected. You look like you look like a bunch of idiots. You don't want to see your club management arguing or having disconnects in public. Like that doesn't that doesn't bring unity to the club. That I'm no doubt there's arguments behind the scenes. I have no doubt about that. But you don't want that stuff to be aired in the media, like you see the pajama pant couple in the chips aisle at Walmart. Like you, it just it, it looks ridiculous. And pajama I, I pants want to in see public and, come on,
2: yeah. Um, it, it was never you just, Juve's You know style. exactly what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, but it was never Juve's style, Juve's management style, right. you know, talking too much. Uh, right. that, and we leave that to the rest of Serie A. even Milan with Berlusconi at the time, De Laurentiis mm-hmm. yaps about I don't, God knows what. And Juve has always been quiet and worked behind the scenes, so it's not surprising to me, but I'm sure heads are flying every day.
1: I would like to commend Nedved for shifting his anger into uh, some beverages and the company of beautiful
0: women. Hey, we all need an outlet. Because if
1: there's one way I could have thought to uh, spend uh, the Milan match, yeah, it'd probably be with my uh, beautiful wife and uh, sharing some beverages and having a good time, Mm -hmm. dance and whatnot. So good for 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 Pavel. Good Good for Pavel. Storm the barn. Thoughts? Max is the worst manager in world football at the moment based on value, salary, wages. Okay, okay, because I was going to say, well, worst, uh, but based on pay grade, and uh, is he the worst? The Italian-only manager mentality, Juve, must stop. First step to progress, in my opinion. Um, Is he the worst for those upper echelon managers i don't necessarily think yeah. so still yeah,
2: i i agree with that you
1: do Let you the, think he's the worst of the
2: uh of the top bracket managers out there who are considered serial winners uh yeah absolutely the amount like Allegri, out is the most trending hashtag in the world in the past few i don't know how long. Like everyone is talking about it. Every sports anchor, everyone is tweeting about Juve. Like half a year ago, it was about United. We jumped them. Everyone is discussing what's happening to Juve. It means this thing hasn't gone unnoticed. Everyone is realizing something is bad. And I don't like. Like he says, the wages, the salary, the, the what we see on the pitch can't hide it. Can't hide but it. To be taxes. honest. Massively I mean, underperform. We can't really
1: use the hashtag thing. I mean, Juve, everybody loves to see Juve suffer and lose. Like, it's always been us against the world. This is part of my frustration into why any manager, let alone Max, can't motivate a Juventus side because it is always literally us against the world. And in moments like yesterday's match where the some of the calls may not go our way, we should have the uh, toughness to get right beyond that and fight through. And right now, mental toughness is not that of a Max Allegri side. But in terms of worst of the upper managers, right now, currently at the top clubs for all the managers, yes, he is by far the worst. Oh yeah, right now, currently, right now, of all the big teams and their managers, he's he's the worst. Um, and his numbers. His numbers do it. It's not me because I'm saying it. It's Mm -hmm. the facts of the actual numbers and what's going on. So When we start
2: comparing him to mid-table teams, it's a bad sign for us, To mid-table managers and not the upper echelon. We should be addressing him as an upper echelon manager. If we start comparing him with Dionysi and Sotil and stuff, that says a lot about where Juve is at right now.
0: Yeah. Hold on, so delete some of these.
2: I know
1: I'm, I'm trying to. There's so much covered in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: I think you'd I were click on the same one.
1: Play again. Continually caught with the ball. What's the cause of this? We saw it in Sarri then Pirlo, now Allegri. It's catastrophic. So again, um, I think they were all different. Though there was all different seasons, all different feelings. Like those mm-hmm. teams all played differently. Like Sari's season was not the same as Pirlo's. Um, The coaches changed, but there was different struggles. I thought, like, Pirlo's Pirlo's team generated the most opportunities, even more than Sarri's, uh, way more than Allegri's. And we controlled all but, like, three or four games in terms of, like, possession and whatnot. But we were leaky at the back. But still, defensively, his stats weren't far off from Allegri's first year in return defensively so everybody said there was this massive improvement defensively i don't know if it maybe felt that way or felt that way on the eyes but numerically and statistically it was very very close between the two look uh for me i can only speak to what i'm seeing right now and right now again i just see a team that doesn't have ideas they're not really in sync and there's not a whole bunch of chemistry when teams clamp down on us and it's funny because I said after Maccabi, I said, Di Maria, are we, I still don't like the fact we're so reliant on him because a lot of that game was get the ball to Di Maria and see what happens. If you look at the number of touches across that Maccabi game, it was wild uh, how many touches uh, Di Maria to the rest of the team, like doubled up our regista, doubled up our midfielders. Like it was it was the Di Maria show. And I think that's what we're banking on the rest of the season. And my God, hopefully it works out because that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's what it's going to be um, in terms of the players and with the ball. This is another reason why yesterday I'm a little reluctant to just shit on all our players because half the time they're getting the ball. Nobody's in the right position that they need to be. There's no options there. And how many times did our players get dispossessed, especially in the midfield, Rabbi and Locatelli, where they were looking and the options just weren't there. And they ended up trying to hold it just so somebody could get there. The legs stopped moving. So when your legs quit, you stop moving. It's either because you're gassed, you're exhausted, and we shouldn't be at just 20 minutes into a game. Um, or you're just not understanding where the hell you need to be and where the options need to be. So, I fail to believe that a team, you know, just can be this unorganized, really. I, I just there's there's a lot of issues. I see bigger issues than players, but I don't know. You guys want to weigh in on that one?
0: I'm,
2: I'm trying to figure about the chat here. I,
1: this oh, dude, the chat's just on fire um, right
2: now. I, I'll just say I see players holding onto the ball for too long, which slows our progress basically. Uh, we always pass back, which is a bad sign. Like, if we're going out on a counter, start running, pass it back, you let the other team get back into position, and that's it. All elements of surprise is lost. And we find it hard as it is to progress into the other team's area. We can barely complete two passes in the opponent's half. So the slowness of the game comes down to icy either tactics or Quadrado or Bonucci or uh, Rabio or whoever just holding on to the ball too much and we're out of quick thinkers. Players who make stuff happen quickly. DiBala was like that. Pjanic was like that. We used to have those type of players. Di Maria is like that. Um, but like you said, we can't bank on one player to do this for us all game long, all season long. Yeah. Tactics, basically. Just tactics.
0: There, there's some questions going on about... Yeah, that one. Yeah,
1: yeah this so... One's kind
0: of...
1: Is Agnelli the main culprit for this situation? It seems to me that his knowledge of football is pretty slim. Plus, we had 400 million euro capital increase, yet we are 250 million euros in the red. What the fuck is happening? Okay, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, adjust the 400 million first.
1: So that 400 million... Um, that actually got chewed up by COVID. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when we were getting that bond, it immediately, immediately got crushed by uh, COVID. There were bigger plans for that in terms of the rebuild and whatnot, and that changed everything drastically. Um, 250 million euros in the red. Juve always operates somewhere around 80 to 100 in the mm-hmm. red. So operating in the red is not necessarily – it's not anything new and it's not anything to necessarily be terribly concerned with. The additional 150, 170 is a bit of a problem, especially when you look at our current form of results. As far as Agnelli being the main culprit for the situation overall in general, he cannot be cleared of what's going on. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. some things he – like. Directly affects, okay, and that was his decision with what's going on, stadium and all that, um, but that's not the sole reason. The ultras not being there is not the sole reason for that. Um, financials of tickets and everything like that. So it was interesting because we were getting questions last time, anth about ticket prices and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I said, look, I can't see this big gap between Inter AC who have the San Siro, which is double the capacity of Allianz. And um I started looking into it. So the cheapest season ticket you can get at Juve is 650 euros. Okay. Um for a season that ticket.
0: 30 euros a match.
1: 320 euros a match. 325 euros is the cheapest you can get for Milan. Um, but the most oh. expensive, Juve's most expensive season ticket is actually less than Inter and AC's um, highest season ticket price in terms of how much they have for season tickets, both AC and Inter have around 40,000 season tickets uh, purchased, which is close to half of the um, San Siro's capacity. Juve is still at about half, half, the half of that. They sold about 20, just shy of 21,000 in season tickets. So, percentage wise and everything like that, they're in there and their season tickets are a little bit more. Ticket pricing, slightly more for Juventus overall, but there's bigger problems. It's not just the money, it's not just the prices. For them, though, over there in Europe, because face value of a ticket. Like, for instance, Joe, that was just there, the face value of his ticket was 70 euros. For us, we're accustomed to paying that. You go to an NFL game, you go to a, like an NHL game, that's that's pretty much what you're paying. Actually, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but over there, that's a big deal for them. And it's in contrast. So if you look at it, so 600,
0: 638 euros by 38 games is 16 euros a match. But that's the cheapest, right? You're probably up way up there so yeah you know that's not terrible
1: it's not terrible it's not terrible but um again like i don't know it's just in contrast Mm -hmm. the prices are pretty much right there like between milan and and all and uh these guys and whatnot so it's for me it's there's there's bigger problems and yelly the football knowledge i said this if he remains right now because he's got to take responsibility for shifting to Pirlo, which was his move, and then shifting to Allegri immediately after. That's Agnelli. Like it, Agnelli was the one that's like, no, we're we're done with this. We're done with uh, sorry, when not um, bringing in Pirlo. He's gonna make one million, whatever. He's gonna coach. Like we're convinced by his thesis and all this. And after talking to him, when he was hired to be the U twenty three coach. He should have just, like, that wasn't fair to even Pirlo. Um, And you should never, at Juventus, again, we go back to what Omar was talking about earlier. Ambitions. Ambitions of big top clubs. You don't put a guy who's never managed a game at the helm for a big club. You don't do that. And Nelly did that. And then, after the one year, he followed it up. By going back to Allegri, which is now proven, after 16 months, to not be working whatsoever. Not at yeah, least for me. Good. He has to take some accountability. He has to. He absolutely has to. Yeah. There's a big, big problem there. And again, if we're going to ride this that's thing right, out, that I that just hope wrong. it doesn't drop to who knows what kind of depth. But uh, your guys' thoughts on Agnelli Omar? Uh, that was long. I don't
2: even remember the question.
1: The question, he, I know. Well, the question was, is he the main culprit for the situation?
2: And he, he might be. Like, Who else can you blame? As, as a chairman of anything, you should be the first one to take responsibility. And when we know that he made these, these decisions starting from the, the curva, Marotta, changing the logo, and Sarri, Allegri, Pirlo, blah, 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 all that. He had a hand in all of that, especially in bringing in Ronaldo. Like, is he... Who can say he's not guilty to some degree? Maybe not 100%, but he should take the responsibility and be the first one there to say, I was wrong, let's fix that. let's fix that together. And I don't see it happening so far. He gave Nedved uh, with his idea like one and a half season before he decided it's not good enough. Let's go back uh, to what I was trying to do, and what he is trying to do is not working. But how long till we till he admits it and we move on from that? And what will be the damage? That's my main question.
1: Yeah. And uh, going back to the ticket thing, I think there was a miscommunication. Six fifty for the home, which is nineteen matches.
0: Thirty three euros a match.
1: Yeah, thirty four. So, mm. but yeah, you know, going with Omer, I mean, it's it's hard to clear him of everything, right? Ant, like I mean,
0: yeah, he's 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 not uh, he's not without fault. That's for sure. Yeah,
2: I, I posted the was back in 2013 uh, against Chelsea, and you can see him leaving the match. Jumps, when opportunity, knocks, celebrates, goals, hugging everyone, and I, I, I just don't see that anymore. Even when we win and when we have a good game, when we had some with pierre and stuff, he's just sitting there looking at I don't know what money is on his mind. He became the businessman he was grown up to be, but he doesn't have the soul anymore, at least not from what I'm seeing, on the pitch for the team to succeed and win. If they don't make money, they don't do well enough. That's what I'm seeing.
1: Could be time for some, uh, some fresh, fresh, fresh uh, faces and whatnot. Um, one last one. We got room for one last one. Is there any way management survive uh, a coaching change? with their bonehead idea sign up a coach they hired 2 years prior on a 4 year deal not having learned from having to pay out before. So is there any way we just move on even if we make a coaching change that uh nothing changes in that office? Do you expect yeah. some other heads to roll? I think it's way too early for Caribbean or Riva Bene, right?
0: Yeah, do, do we have bad players? We have some, but like is our whole roster terrible? I think a a coach with different ideas could do something with this roster. So management installs. Pirlo did more with a lot less, but that doesn't necessarily mean Pirlo would do anything with this team. right? We just no, don't it doesn't mean.
2: But a coach but When you change a manager, you see something different. You will always see something different. You never right. point the coach and see the exact same thing.
0: Right. So I, I think the management would stay – and I think I I think there there is a coach out there who could do something with uh, with this team for sure. That what's like, interesting Santo. is
1: that for quite a bit throughout the summer in the Mercado, there was a lot of talks about another sporting director coming in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. I've always found that interesting because it was never really made clear what the follow up was gonna be, especially mm-hmm. with Kerubini Ariva Bene just coming in. So Cherubini would essentially be promoted to actually like more of a general manager of the whole project and overseeing all of it. So he could still keep tabs on the youth project and that movement and everything. And then you'd have a sporting director kind of dealing in the mercado and those transfers with Cherubini again, overlooking everything and whatnot. So yeah, for me, if Agnelli remains around stick to the goddamn business But don't override the guys you've put in place to make the decisions about coaches and what happens on the field there. You can't have that disconnect. And he pretty much over... He overrode everything by saying Pirlo in and then he shifted on his own decision there and everything. And these guys, you know, Nedved. Nedved's been taking the heat for so much. And it's like, well, it wasn't Nedved's decision to bring in Pirlo. You know, he came out and he faced the... The music and was at those interviews and everything but agnelli made these decisions he's his hands are not clean um it's anybody's guess what the hell's got to happen all i can say is that uh this team needs a lot of work di maria is done facing his suspension thank god okay we need him back chiesa come back soon brother because we need you. Okay. This was a brutal one against Milan. Tuesday, we have Maccabi in Champions League. Is we'll be back Tuesday? for the match day live. Okay. And then uh, I might, I just might be able to do a watch along, everybody. So we wait and see. Um, Maccabi, we got to win that one. Okay. Um, people already think it's done for Champions League. But you know what? Without mm. belief, without you know, Hey, it's free to dream. I always say there's not many things free in life, but it's free to dream. Let's see what we can do. Um, we got to take it one game at a time, everybody. And if there's one thing I can give to you out of this podcast, this episode is just my expectations are, I don't know what to expect from this team. Um, from one game to the next, I don't know what to expect from this team anymore. So I'm going to take it one game at a time all right and that's my recommendation to all of you and one game at a time right
0: that's it baby one game at a time one game at a time all we can do.
1: one game at a time Lift. yeah that's it that's it everybody One game at a time. Thank you again, everybody on live. One last reminder, hit that like button before we sign out. And after we shut this thing down, if you could just throw a hashtag Skanga out in the comment section to this video, that would be fantastic. All right. Don't forget, this is your last chance to get 15% off everything in our merch store. Okay. Thanks for your continued support, regardless of the results, regardless of what happens with Juve. Okay, we are not going anywhere. We're going to see what ends up happening. But big, big changes are needed. But right now, Di Maria, man, you've got a lot of pressure on you, my man. A lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Let's see if uh, he can deliver and help uh, steer the ship in the right direction. All right. Till Tuesday when we're going to be live. Fino alla fine. Forza Juve. Ciao tutti.